We are excited to have our first guest to our podcast, Shelby Morse, Adoption Manager for Butte Humane Society. We have so much to share that we are going to split this episode into two parts. First part starts now. Hi everyone, this is Chico Hospital for Cats podcast and we are together with another brand new episode and today we will start with a um, three people, co-host Cheryl, or guest Shelby and me, but first of all, I do want to remind everybody that you can find our podcast on chicocats.com and on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. And that being said, I do want to welcome Cheryl, our hospital practice manager. Well, hello. How are you today? I'm pretty good. How are you? Excellent. Nice, warm afternoon. And uh, yeah, very nice weather today. Yes. And uh, we also have uh, Shelby with us from Butte Humane Society. Is that right? Yes. Hello. I'm Shelby from Butte Humane Society. I'm the adoptions manager there for two and a, almost two and a half years now. Uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about your position, the adoption manager position, and what do you do there? Yeah, um, so in my position at Butte Humane Society, I uh, manage both of our adoption locations, um, both of our dogs and our cats, as well as work with other shelters to communicate um, rescue needs, you know, just gaining any new information possible, work closely with our clinic and um, everyone there as well. Can you tell us where your two locations are? Um, so we technically have three locations total. We have um, our dog adoption location is on the Chico Animal Shelters property. Uh, our admin location is across the street. Both of those are located on Fair Street, um, just down past uh, East Park. And then our clinic and cat adoption center are both on Longfellow Avenue, right across from InMotion Fitness. Great. So multiple places, huh? Yes, we are spread out in a lot of places currently. <laughs> <laughs> Must keep you very busy. I'm busy, for sure. <laughs> All of us are very busy, but uh, I, since I manage two locations across town, commuting back and forth, it does happen a lot just to make sure I'm there if anyone needs me in both places. You will be ready for the new facility to be there. So ready. We're getting close, <laughs> we right? We're all so ready. Yes. Great. You mentioned dogs and cats. Do you guys adopt at all bunnies or exotics or anything like that? Um, we used to adopt out bunnies in um, some years ago, but um, new research came out that because we had them housed with cats in the same facility, mm -hmm. in the same room actually, um, that it actually is a lot of fear involved for the bunnies because they are prey to cats. So there was a lot of those issues with that. So right now we do not have the space to give them their own separate room, stress-free and all of that. But in the future, when, at our new facility, we hope to be able to have a small animal room and help with those needs too. Great. Nice. Okay. Um, so for those who don't know Beauty Humane Society at all, would you like to tell us how all this started, what you guys are doing, and basically who you are? Yeah. So Beauty Humane Society has been around since 1911. Obviously, I haven't wow. been around that long, so kind of unknown history for over quite a few years, but I do know in the early 2000s and a bit before, Butte Humane Society ran um, the municipal shelter here in Chico. At some point in 2010, I believe 2011, the Chico, the city of Chico decided that they wanted to take those um, that role back on and started mm -hmm. the Chico Animal Shelter. Mm -hmm. They've been around and were officially established in 2012. 
I believe. At that point, Butte Humane Society moved over to become the adoption agency for Chico Animal Shelter. So right now, as I said earlier, we share the property with them, with our dogs. So they transfer, I would say, 90-95% of the dogs that they get in via transfer, or excuse me, that they get in via surrender or stray and all of that. They transfer to us and we adopt them out. So we share the same adoption building. We have 30 kennels in there that our adoptable dogs are in. And then um, with our cats, we solely work with the public for them. So people who need to surrender their cats, kittens. And then we have a really big relationship with Neighborhood Cat Advocates. Um, they are a trap and release program and nonprofit here in Chico. And they bring us kittens from feral colonies or community cats that live in the neighborhood that are friendly and the people have been feeding for years but want them to get homes. That's the same uh, organization we work together with? Yes, oh, yes, cool. yes, yes, yes. We actually do the the neuter or spay yeah, portion of it is us <laughs> at our hospital. Yeah, so, so it's it's nice to see everything connected to each other because great, what right. you just mentioned, it feels like we're all into it together, doing it for the community, which brings me to the next thing I was just about to mention about how important do you think or do you feel like human societies to the community in this uh, sense? I think we're very important in the fact that not a lot of organizations kind of work in the way that we do. So we have the ability to not only help Chico Animal Shelter and help with their adoptable animals and help kind of get those animals out and create more space, but we also work really strongly with the community for cats and other things too. We do have fosters that take in dogs that aren't from the Chico Animal Shelter Mm -hmm. and are able to have those in foster until they're adopted. Um, So we kind of are able to step up with those community dogs that aren't able to go through the Chico Animal Shelter. And then um, just that really big, you know, relationship that we have with the public for taking in their cats and neighborhood cat advocates and all of that so that we can kind of be there and support everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest thing is we're building a new shelter. Uh, We're in the middle of a capital campaign to raise $15 million. Wow. Um, We hope to break, break ground spring of 2020. Fingers crossed. Nice. And with that, um, it's really important for us to kind of create a general hub for everyone to be able to access. And um, the campfire was a really good example that when the animals all were displaced, there wasn't really one location for a large Mm -hmm. large number of those animals to go or be housed. So we want to be able to be a support for NAVDAG um, and Butte County Animal Control and all those places. So there's at least a location for them to set up and take over and kind of control where the animals are going because, you know, it, they were spread out very far after that kind of thing. Yeah, even cross states, yeah. they had to go right. for, to find space. and Right, it was definitely hectic. So we're, that's a really important role we, we hope to help with is just making sure that we can support the community and support, you know, local animal controls and other shelters mm-hmm. as well. And then once we have that shelter and there isn't any disasters, being able to just to help Orville's Northwest SBCA and take some of their cats and dogs and just have that extra space to be able to support and um, rescue some more animals and bring them in. We also understand that, just speaking about the new facility, that another goal will be community education, you know, how how to handle cats, how to introduce them to their uh, your family, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But we do... From what I understand, we hope that that facility is a really great place in our community that if you have questions or 
have needs for animals that we're going to have one place that we can go to and really um, be able to get a lot of services done. I also know that you, uh, a side note, which is not your department, I know, but you also do um, low-cost spay-neuters too, correct, for, at your facility um, four days a week? If I, or right. It, so our clinic is open Tuesday through Friday. We do low-cost spay-neuters and, and then um, some some exams for, you know, small small basic needs and other procedures, dentals, small mass removals, all the things that aren't emergency situations. Um, So we provide all of those low cost to the public. Wonderful, wonderful. Lots and lots of things you guys do out there. Lots of things, right. So, well, you want to talk a little bit about the gala? I mean, do you have a minute to do it? What you just had was the 108th gala, so that... So, 108th anniversary of the Humane Society. Society. So, not the 108th gala in total. Sorry about that. It was the 108th anniversary. (laughs) Which was really quite fun, and it was quite the turnout from what... I mean, I was there. It was wonderful to see so many people in the community support the cause and and all of that. So, besides that, as a moneymaker, what else can people Mm -hmm. in our community do to help um, with donations or volunteer work. I know there was a lot when the campfire hit because mm-hmm. the whole community did whatever Fun we reason. could. But now that that's kind of behind us and we have a goal of going, you know, get your, your new facility or even just stay where you are, what what would the community do to help you? I mean, we can always use volunteers. There's never no such thing as having too many volunteers. There's always cats to play with, socialize, cleaning to be done, dogs to walk. I mean, there's always that way you can get involved. But I'm a really firm supporter of that statement that says if you can't adopt, foster. If you can't foster, Mm -hmm. volunteer. If you can't volunteer, donate. And if you can't donate, educate. Because education and spreading awareness for animal shelters everywhere is very important. And being able to share how important it is to spay and neuter your animals and what that how that affects the homeless population of dogs and cats. I mean, you know, those are the most important things. So. Um, whether it be sharing a post on Facebook or if some, you hear someone talk about maybe looking for a new animal, cat, dog, anything, you know, let them just have that opportunity to say, you know, they'll make sure you check the shelter first because right. there's lots of animals there that are definitely waiting to be adopted. And when you just mentioned about volunteering, if you like to mention it right now is the place, if somebody that's listening to this and says, hey, that's a good idea, I do want to volunteer, where do they go online or offline to you know, sign up for this? So 100% of um, the sign-up process is on our website, Mm -hmm. buttehumane.org. You can sign up to be a volunteer there. All the information on what it's like to volunteer and what is needed to volunteer is listed there, as well as becoming a foster. We also have a tab on there as well that you can sign up to be a foster for the organization and all the things we need. I mean, we we supply 100% of the supplies, food, everything the animals would need. They just need somewhere to relax and calm down until they get adopted. Do people need any experience to volunteer to start for, you know, animal experience to be a part of this? No, no. We can train every volunteer to do whatever they want to do with the organization or help them kind of move into the department that um, best suits them and their skills. See, this is what I like because on the last episode when me and Lori were talking about it, this is so such a good place to do your first step towards this field if you're interested in animal uh, related work too and you're saying no we're, we're going to educate them they don't need to have experience and I feel like this is such a great way to introduce yourself to this field right. as you know not just volunteering but also if you're young 
you don't know your career yet, but you like animals, it's a great experience. Right, and on that note, before I started working with Butte Humane Society, I volunteered with, uh, I fostered and volunteered for a rescue out of Sacramento for five years. So got all that experience, Mm -hmm. a little bit different. There was an in-home foster-based rescue, so definitely different than a shelter environment. But, you know, you kind of gain all that knowledge of how things need to work in that process, and I used that to get an entry-level position at Butte Humane Society and and where I am now. But it's really important, um, too, that if you do start as a volunteer and you kind of get all of that, you know, knowledge and learn about everything, how the shelter works, and then we have an open position, I mean, it's very easy to move those volunteers who we have already trained and have helped us and supported us into our, our open positions, our paid positions, because... You know, it's much easier for us, and it also benefits the people who decided that that's really the, the direction they want to go. That's awesome. Um, question, I know volunteering is great, but I'm sure money and um, mm-hmm. is, is equally as appreciated. Is that also on your website? Is there links to that as well that people can donate right, cash? A- and how about foods or beds or mm-hmm. um, are those kinds of things? I know after the fire you had a, a, a pretty much of a surplus of stuff. Do you still want that? Would you prefer it to be something that you've listed on your website? How, how would people, if they go, you know what, I would really like to be able to, to donate food or whatever, how, how would somebody do that? Yeah, so the donating funds um, is available on our website. You can go there and there's a lot of information on how to do that. As far as supplies go, uh, we are always in need of something. Um, we do have a wish list on Amazon that is available on our website Ooh. as well, so you can get to that. But also, you know, if you're in the area or you want to pick up the phone and give us a call and just, hey, I'd like to donate such and such items, just ask us if we're in need of it at the time because there's sometimes we get donations of one thing and we have a lot of them, but there's something else that we really need a donation of. Also. Great. That's really cool. I, I have a question, and I, to- I honestly don't know the answer of this at all, but I always was curious about it. Are the other humane society is linked to this humane society how does that work is this like a nationwide humane society situation or is like Butte humane society totally independent and i don't know sonoma humane society total totally independent how does that work that's a good question a lot of people ask that and assume we are linked and intertwined and if they make one donation to one humane society it's a donation to all and they're we're all separate we're all totally separate entities that work in their communities you know, unrelated to each other. Um, the term humane society comes from um, the way that the organization was created mm-hmm. or being a 501c um, rescue and all of that and stuff goes into what the, the title is for sure. Okay. And just on a side note, 501c3 right. is means it's a nonprofit organization. They're here not for profit. They're here to for the betterment of the animals and that's how come it's set up that direction. So Awesome. Um, and then I, I did, and this might not even be at the time we should throw that out there, but what if I did see a kitty that's been in my neighborhood for quite a long time and I'm like, you know, I know that I can't take it in and I have dogs or whatever the reason might be, but I just think it needs to go somewhere. How would I do that? How, how would I get it to, to your organization? I mean, obviously I'd get it in a, in a trap or a carrier or something like that. Would it, do we go directly to Be Humane? Do we go through the, the um, spay-neuter release program? What would, what would be your recommendation? Or, what, or we can do two parts to this question. If, what if my family um, had 
parents that were older and they had a cat and I'm not able to take it and they've passed mm-hmm. on and I have this animal now that you know, I need to do something with. What can you can you walk me through those steps? A- absolutely. Those are all really great things to bring up and passions of mine to educate, mm-hmm. educate, educate, educate. Because it really is important to know these steps before you just show up with a cat and say here. <laughs> um, Leave it at the door. <laughs> right. So the most important thing to remember is that Butte Humane Society does not take in stray animals. We work with the Chico Animal Shelter who takes in strays, um, stray dogs specifically in surrenders. However, cats, the Chico Animal Shelter also does not take healthy stray cats Gosh. because it's really hard to tell what is a stray and what's a neighborhood cat. What's your neighbor's cat? Mm-hmm. You know, they're just out and they have seven places they eat, um, right. eat from, yes. and you know it's really hard to tell the difference between those right. things. So Butte Humane Society, we take in owned animals. So an animal that someone can say, yes, I own it, I have cared for it, I, it was either born in my care, given to me some time ago, all of that. So if you find a cat in your neighborhood that's a new cat, that you don't know who it is, and it's the first time you've seen it, the best thing you can do is, it's obviously, I've been outside before, right or at least it's doing fine the best thing to do would be to you can write a note on its collar hey this i found you know put a collar on it put a note on there saying hey i found this cat you know it just trying to let you know that it was out or if it's owned all of that that's a good step to take uh, post pictures you know facebook has 530 cody alert and all these community groups that you can post and share found animals in um, so you can share that as well if it's a neighborhood cat so a cat that you know lives in the neighborhood mm-hmm. and you've had to feed for quite some time mm-hmm. or the neighbors have been feeding, um, then it's important to see who owns the cat. If mm-hmm. you can tell that one of your neighbors in the neighborhood will claim the cat and they own it, then, then you know it has a home and it's just yeah. out here doing its thing. So if, in the sense where if you were inheriting a cat because a parent had been passed or abandonment or something like that and all of and everything then you could bring it to Butte Humane Society oh, okay. and that's where we would step in or if your cat had kittens and they're now ready to um, get them new homes you could bring them to Butte Humane Society we do take um, those free homes are by appointment and we're able to get them into our program and if you find kittens uh, underage kittens outside in the community everybody wants to pick them up and you know oh they're lost their mom's not here and you know bring them to an organization to us and it's really important that in that t- time that you know that bottle kittens don't um, have a high level of success without their mom. And mm-hmm. usually the moms are just out feeding, getting herself full and yeah. fed so that she can go back and take care yeah. of those babies. So it's really important if you do find them to leave them where they are, don't touch them, don't disturb them, and come back and check on them regularly and see if you can at least see signs that the mom has been there mm-hmm. and all of that. But remember that they they survive the best with their mom around and um, contacting neighborhood cat advocates or another trap and release program is good to know so they can know that there are unaltered animals in the area and they can help as much as possible got it an interesting fact that dr colloran or practice owner mentioned in one of four episodes is that research has shown that when mom protects these cats and goes away for hunting or feeding and the kitties are unprotected, other female stray cats actually temporarily come there and protect these uh, cats, these kittens. And she was joking that these are the aunties who <laughs> take <laughs> the job over temporarily. So you're right, because they are going to be protected right. one way or another. So, But it's so 
difficult not to get excited and see kittens and just pick them. So that's a good tip there just to keep your cool and actually observe it for a while. Right. Yeah. Observation is very important because they could very well, their mom could have been injured or maybe, mm -hmm. maybe not be coming back. But the best thing for them is to be with their mom. We want to give them every opportunity to stay there and get their mother's care because it, the rate, of, the success rate once they come into human care and have to be bottle fed and kept warm and all of that, they're they're like um, I'm trying to think of the term survival rate. Mm -hmm. There we go. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Their survival rate is is lessened. Uh, one of the first things to do when you do find a stray cat or dog is to take it to a veterinary clinic that's open or the shelters. Um, and get the microchip scanned because that's a really important step in finding a stray animal. Not many people put tags on their on their animals, unfortunately, but they could still be microchipped. It's really important to to make sure that step is checked because and and most places scan it just for free, or maybe all places, all places. scan it for free, including us. So that's right. a good tip. Make sure there's not an owner out there worried about that cat. And the chips, by the way, because I know with our new set of chips, they're they're numbered in a sequence of I think seventeen numbers, mm -hmm. and the, the they start with certain numbers, and that that starting few numbers indicate which agency mm -hmm. sold the chips. So then you can go back to that agency and ask who it was um, the owner is and find out more information. So we even at our hospital are able to gather more information if we can at least get a chip number. Yeah, there's so many microchip based happy ending stories i mean it is totally worth doing it and it's affordable just to let people know it's really affordable to microchip your pet it doesn't have to be a cat dogs i mean i have a tortoise it's microchip so <laughs> Come on. And, and, and then she escapes so <laughs> Yeah. If you see a tortoise running around town, we'll, we'll get her chip. And they can run, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> they're not slow if they don't want to be. It's important to put tags on your animal's collars if they're going outside. Yeah. But yeah. that microchip is really good safety net in case anything happens. Right. This is the end of part one. Stay tuned for part two in the coming weeks. Thank you.